Welcome to Financial Plan and Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, certified financial planner, owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. Again, I am joined by Nick DeVito, who's one of my associates and advisors, and he's participating. And this is the second episode that we're going to be talking about understanding employee benefits. Um, as we noted in the first episode on this topic, is employee benefits oftentimes are um, during open enrollment, uh, where they give the employees the ability to make a choice. Open enrollment for most companies is sometime in the October, November timeframe, at which point you are selecting your benefits for the following year. And again, as we pointed out in the, in the prior episode, is you really can only do it once and you have to have a life-changing situation yeah. in order to make changes. And your life-changing situations are simply, I have a child, I get married, uh, I get divorced, or my spouse with whom I was on their medical plan or they had their own medical plan loses their job, they can be added to my plan. Okay, so those are really restricted to, as referred to as life-changing events. Otherwise, you can't make changes to your benefits during the course of the year. We are going to talk today about 401k. Now, we also commented the 401k is excluded from the picking it once a year, mm -hmm. okay? The 401k is a different benefit. We do wanna talk about it. It just doesn't fall under open enrollment. There's a lot of cool stuff about 401ks. We did talk about 401ks uh, in many other types of episodes that we've talked about um, is you know, using it for year-end tax planning and how you can use it for growing your assets and everything else like that. But we're going to talk about it more as an employee benefit. So in the prior episode, we talked about medical, HSAs, FSAs, and we also talked about the life insurance benefit. Now we're going to pick up and talk about disability. Yep. Okay, disability, I found is something that a topic not necessarily as it pertains to employee benefits but in my experience tougher to get your fingers on you know I, i'm concerned about dying obviously okay um people could put their hands on that but many people can't put their hands on disability disability and we talked about the the Insurance is based on the likelihood of something happening and how much the insurance company is going to have to pay out. Mm -hmm. And so why in the world is disability insurance so expensive? Because the odds of it happening are a lot greater than people want to even think about yeah. because it's true. Okay. And so we need to understand the differences between disability insurance and workers comp. You want to grab that? Yeah, so disability insurance is pretty self-explanatory. It's a benefit that will be paid out to you in the event you become disabled. For now, any reason. For any reason. Workers' compensation is a federally mandated program. You become sick or injured on the job, you're going to receive a benefit in that, um, in that matter, and it's going to be tax-free to the employee. Right. Right. And it happened on the job. Yeah. Sick or and injured on the job. The beauty of workers' comp is it's a tax-free benefit. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's paid by the insurance company, not actually the employer. And secondarily is, as far as I recall, I don't think the employee actually pays workers' comp um, premiums. I believe that's on... It's borne the, by the employer. Yes, 
okay? Um, but disability is an employee benefit, and it's important to understand the difference between short-term disability and long-term disability. Mm -hmm. well, it's not really important <laughs> to understand the difference. I mean, pretty obvious, but uh, short-term is typically three months or six months. Historically, that's what I've seen, three months or six months. You realize we had a client recently who works for a healthcare company? I don't know if you knew this or not. Mm -mm. His disability insurance, two weeks. Wow. And he was out for six months. Yeah, that's... You're out, right, okay. Yeah, so not... if you really think about financial planning, insurance is to protect you from an unexpected event. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to disability and life insurance, obviously life insurance, we don't have to feed you anymore, so it's a once and done. Disability insurance is you're still alive, okay? But at the end of the day, in both cases, you're trying to protect your family because you lost your paycheck. Yep. Okay? But again, life insurance, boom, I'm done, okay? The other thing about life insurance is that Social Security, if I have a spouse with dependent children under the age of 18, mm -hmm. or dependent, yeah. um, those children actually get Social Security, as does the caring spouse. Yep. So if I'm disabled, there's nothing out there mm -hmm. okay, to pay for. Arguably, you can go and get federal disability, but federal disability is hard to get and it needs to be a permanent disability, yeah. okay? And very hard to get. So therefore, let's look back at the, what's offered by the company. Mm -hmm. They typically will offer short-term disability that's either 90 or, 100 or 180 days, which means three months or six months. Almost every single time, short-term disability doesn't cover for the first week. Yeah. Because, hey, you know what? Stuff happens, you know? Mm -hmm. Got tackled real hard in the football game <laughs> I played over the weekend with the Young yeah. Bucks. And, you know, I'm down for a few days. You know, stuff happens. They don't want all these little frivolous claims for yep. little silly things that happen mm -hmm. that you recover from. The human body is amazing that way. Yep. This is really designed for longer term. Short-term disability and, and long-term disability, usually what they'll do is they'll have the short-term disability will cover you for, say, three months. And long-term disability doesn't pay anything until three months is up. Mm -hmm. This way there's no lapse in coverage. Yep. So short-term disability oftentimes will pay 100% of pay. So in other words, if, you know, if I'm down for whatever it is, a nasty disease or an injury or whatever, I'm not getting hurt financially. Yeah. But if it's 50 or 70%, I am. Mm -hmm. Which long-term you're typically looking for the 60 to 70% is... Max, 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 they'll give you. Yeah. Okay. Why? Because, well, first of all, long-term disability of the two is less likely to happen, but more important because of the fact that, hey, you know what? If I got three months of disability and I don't get paid for three months or whatever, mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to hurt, but it's not going to get hurt nearly as bad if I am disabled forever. Yeah. Okay. I just lost my paycheck forever, yep. or at least for years mm -hmm. and years to come. Yep. That's brutal. So we strongly recommend 
people get disability insurance and get as much as they can through their open enrollment. Yeah. We catch people mid-year, like, oh, yeah, you know, nah, I didn't take it. You know, and then once we get talking to them about it, all of a sudden they're feeling naked. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which, you know, it's not my intent to make people feel naked, but boy, I'll tell you what, not having disabilities is a problem. We want to make sure they're protected. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if you become disabled, guess what? You ain't getting disability insurance. And if you have to wait until open enrollment and all that, yeah. you know, that's a problem. Yeah. Now, the other thing about long-term disability is the most important three-letter words own and any. any yep and basically if my disability policy states that i am considered disabled if i can't perform any occupation as opposed to my own that is a huge difference oh yeah okay any occupation if i'm a surgeon and i break both my hands mm -hmm. permanently carpal tunnel whatever you know that but if I can say, would you like fries with that? <laughs> then I am not yep. disabled. At which point I can perform any occupation, mm -hmm. at which point I'm not covered. Yep. And the own occupation's the opposite of that. If you- If I'm a you, surgeon, yep. right. If you're a surgeon and your hand, you break your hands, you get the carpal tunnel, and you can't be a surgeon anymore, your disability benefit will then pay out. That's correct. That's correct. And obviously with that additional coverage or if you will, the own occupation is going to be more expensive because the threshold to get there is a little bit less. Correct. Whereas any occupation, it's going to take a much m higher disability, if you will, to receive that benefit. Right. So, um, question for you. Benefits taxable? Depends. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Depends on what? So, it depends on who's paying the premium. So, if your employer is paying the premium, you bet they're getting a tax deduction right. for that. It's actually not who's paying the premium. Are who's, you getting a tax deduction? Yes. I should clear that up because we're going to bring that up. Okay. So if the employer is getting a tax deduction for the benefit, um, for the premium, for your disability insurance, when you receive that benefit, it's going to be taxable to you. And by the way, I'm the employer. Yes. I can guarantee you that if I am paying your disability... Mm -hmm. I'm taking the deduction. I'm taking the <laughs> yeah. deduction. Absolutely. Right? Which means if I'm paying your disability insurance and you become disabled, that is a taxable benefit. Yep, exactly. And then on the other side of that, if I'm paying for my own disability insurance, I'm not getting a tax deduction on disability insurance, but when it comes back to me, if I become disabled, it's going to come back to me tax-free. All right. However, a lot of times the employer in your open enrollment gives you the choice. If I want to buy disability insurance, I have the choice of taking it pre-tax or after tax. Yep. And I will tell you what, until I really learned and understood this business, dude, you want a tax deduction for it? Of course. Of course I want a tax deduction. If I'm going to be paying 20 bucks a month for disability insurance, hey, I want a tax deduction. Yep. Rule of thumb with the IRS, pay me now or pay me later. If you're getting a tax deduction today, guess what? When your benefit is paid out to you, you're paying taxes on it. So if my normal weekly pay is $1,000 a week and I'm having to take a pay cut because of the fact that I'm disabled and I'm only getting 70%, I don't want to have to pay taxes on that 70%. Yeah. 
Because if I'm paying taxes on the 70%, it's basically 50, and guess what? If I'm used to $1,000 a week, and now I'm down to $500 a week take home, that is a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, I, I referenced 70%. 70% is typically the max any insurance company will pay out, why? Well, if it's more than that, you're not gonna wanna go back to work. Why would you work if you can get 90% of your income right. for doing nothing. Tax-free. Tax-free. Right. Yeah. In fact, hey, I'm getting paid more to be disabled. Yeah, because you're not paying taxes on right. it. Right. Now, I will tell you, and I've heard this before, is that I've heard of people who are on disability. The insurance companies, we always say this, insurance companies don't want to pay. They like, the insurance companies like receiving money. <laughs> they don't like paying money. So I've actually seen it before where people are disabled and they'll send out private investigators, you know, driving by the house mm -hmm. and, and sort of observing yeah. whether you're disabled. You know, if you say, hey, I got a broken leg and I can't walk, yeah. and next thing I know I see you playing uh, kickball in the backyard, <laughs> dude, I, you know what? Yeah. And, and that's insurance yeah, fraud. Yeah, I was gonna say, you gotta be very careful with that. that well, is, yeah, that's insurance that is... fraud. I mean, if, if you're disabled, be disabled, but if don't, you know, play the silly uh -huh. game of, um, you know, I'm claiming disability when I'm not really disabled. So um, that's basically disability insurance. There's only there's one other thing I want to touch What's on. That? You kind of mentioned it, the waiting period, the elimination yes. period. So you kind of touched on it with the short-term disability where if you're disabled for a week, they're not going to give you the benefits. But it, a waiting period can be anywhere from 7 to 180 days, and that's just the time you have to wait before they actually give you your disability, Right. just to clarify. Right, and so oftentimes through your employer benefit, your waiting period for your long term is typically the period at which point your short term mm -hmm. covers it. But I'm not supposed to make recommendations, but gosh darn it, I'm doing it. Let me rephrase that. In every single case, we strongly suggest and encourage people, if they're going to take disability and buy up, to pay after tax. Because if I am being charged 20 bucks a month while I'm working, the tax savings might be five bucks a month. Five bucks a month while I'm working is a whole lot, I, it's a cup of coffee, okay? But if I'm disabled, yeah. Man, I want every dollar I can get, mm -hmm. okay? So we just killed disability, no pun intended. <laughs> um, we'll be come back, we're gonna take a break at this moment, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the 401ks. Do you keep up regularly with your investments? Where exactly are your hard-earned dollars going? Are you financially prepared for an emergency? I'm Mike Menninger, founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. We believe that education and knowledge are powerful, and we want our clients to understand why we are making the recommendations that we make. It's your money, and you deserve to know where it's going, because it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. So call us today to discuss your financial concerns. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained. We're talking about employee benefits. Um, this is the second of two episodes on employee benefits. And in this particular episode, in the first section, we were really getting into the disability side. Now we're gonna talk about 401ks. Now, 401ks, it's an employee offering, it's an employee benefit, but it's not, usually it is not associated with open enrollment. Yep. Most companies allow you to join the 401k either immediately after 30 days, after 90 days. I've seen on rare occasion at the end of one year. Some of the basics 
of a 401k. It's a tax-advantaged opportunity for the employee to contribute to a retirement account. There's pre-tax, and there's some allow for the Roth 401k, which is after tax, which also grows tax-free. Mm -hmm. So again, there's caveats to that. If you yeah. save it, it's after retirement, five years, and everything yeah. else like that. But it's designed to be an after-tax for growing tax-free. The rule book of the 401k talks about how you can do it, what you're allowed to do. What and the I, employer match is, right. what the vesting requirements right, are. Exactly. It's, it's Everything you would want to know about your 401k is in that summary plan description. And then some. Uh, yeah. Okay, and I, we laughed about this because we've talked about this before and we'd laugh at clients all the time. The summary plan description suggests to me it's two or three pages. The summary plan description, we have seen it as well over 100 pages, but be that as it may. Your contribution limits, you know, 22.5 a year. 25, and if you are age 50 or older, $7,500. $7,500. So basically what ends up happening is you could contribute $30,000 yep. to a 401k plan. Um, 401ks also have other provisions. If allowed by the employer, you could do loans and hardship withdrawals. Yep. Two are different. Yep. Okay. Hardship withdrawal is actually not easy to do. You have to meet certain criteria which are very strict. Disability, um, medical events, uh, you're going to get evicted from your home, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. No, oh, by the way, you take it to withdrawal, taxed and penalized, baby. Yep. Okay, that stinks. Loans are different. Loans may be allowed, usually are, but may be allowed. They have limits. Yeah, they're limits. So it's either 50% of your account up to $50,000. Right, that's correct. Okay, so you could take, and it's over five years. Yeah. So you could take the loan, it's over five years, and you're paying it back. Okay, rule of thumb to help you with the math. For every $1,000 that you borrow, it's gonna cost you about 20 bucks a month or 100 bucks every pay if you're paid twice a month. Round numbers. So if I were to borrow $50,000 from my 401k on a five-year loan, I'm talking about making a payment of $1,000 a month or $500 every pay. Yep. So be prepared for that, okay? Because your paycheck's gonna go down rather substantially. Now, the big difference between a 401k loan and a distribution is if I take a loan, to your point, it's $50,000 uh, $50, or 50%. I get a check for 50 grand. It is not taxable, okay? But I have to make payments back to it, mm -hmm. okay? Now, using the example that if it's $1,000 a month over five years, it's $60,000, I basically put $60,000 back in, the other 10,000 is interest. Yep. And right. you're essentially paying interest to yourself. It's yeah, not, which, it's not going way, to a bank like a traditional loan would. That it's is interest correct. that's going back into it your account. It is going to myself. So, you know, 401k loans are usually a lower interest rate. And, you know, while it's not a great idea to be borrowing from your 401k, if it comes a pecking order of certain things, people have used it for debt consolidation, emergencies, or whatever the case may be. We're not a proponent of it, but if you have to do it, it makes sense, you do it. I'll tell you what, I would much rather pay myself five or 6% than pay the bank 20. Just saying, okay? Now, what actually happens with the loan is that the extra $10,000 that I put into my 401k that's paying the loan back effectively is double taxed. Why? Because I'm paying $60,000 of after tax when I really got 50 out, all right? But it is, can be a lifesaver for some. 
Now, matching contributions is a really important thing to understand because you want to make sure that you're not losing out on company yep. match. It's free money. It's free money. It's free money. So, so once again, that'll be covered in your summary plan description and it varies from employer to employer. Right. Some will give you a full match up to 3% of your salary. Some might do 6% of your salary. Some could even do, they'll give you a, a dollar for dollar match up to 3% and then they'll give you a half a percent match up to six. Right. So effectively five and a half in that, right. four and a half in that right. circumstance. But so the long and short of it is that uh, your company match is a free benefit. Okay, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's free money. So you wanna make sure that you're maximizing your company match. You know, so if they're going to offer you, let's just make it simple. If they're going to offer you dollar for dollar for 3%, well, then gosh darn it, you ought to be putting in 3%. Yeah. I mean, it's stupid. If you're only putting in one, you're missing the other 2%. That is free money. The other thing is people don't, you know, we have a whole episode on this, but people don't realize that, you know, if you put your entire contribution in until August, it's like, hey, I'm going to put my entire $30,000 in until August. How much are you contributing September to December? Zero. How much is your match? Zero. You lost your match. <laughs> and people have, I don't want to say argued, but people have argued with me, and when I demonstrate, they're like, holy smokes, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So there's another thing called vesting, okay? There's a vesting schedule. It's inside your SPD, the summary plan description. Graded versus cliff. Well, it's very simple. The cliff vesting says that you get nothing until a certain time, which is usually three years, and then at which point, boom, it's 100%. 100%. So in other words, if I was receiving, call it $5,000 a year in match, at the end of three years, plus growth, yep. okay, if I left the company and I had a cliff vesting, I left the company in two and a half years, that money's gone. Yeah. But if I stay three years in a day, that money's mine. Exactly. And then with the graded, you'll see commonly a two to six or a two to five year graded. So that'll mean after two years, you get, if it's a two to six, after two years, 20% becomes vested. Right. The next year, 40, 60, 80, until the sixth year where it's is all vested. Yeah. Right, and the other ones that I've seen, those are the two common ones. The other one is uh, the five-year vesting. 20% yep. after one year, 40% after two years, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, if you're thinking of leaving a company and, you know, you, you're, it's October 1st and your start date was on the 15th, Stick it out those extra two weeks. You yeah. at least get that. It's just, you know, little stuff. Usually, if you're looking to leave a company, it's either because you can't stand this company <laughs> or you got a really good offer from the other company. Yeah. And I've even seen people leverage it. Because if the other company really wants me and I'm like, dude, I'm leaving, you know, $5,000 on the table if yeah. I leave before November, hey, oh, well, in that case, <laughs> all right, we'll give you $5,000 to get out of there now. Yeah. All right, cool. So it's important to understand that anything as an employee that you contribute is always 100% vested. Right. So that means if you leave, whatever you contribute will always be yours. It's right. We're only referring to the employer contributions when it comes to vesting. Right. So again, with that same example, if for some reason, whatever the match is, and let's say it happens to be $1,000 a year. Mm -hmm. If I leave at the end of two years and my vesting schedule is the five-year graded, which means at the end of two years, I get 40%, whatever their contributions were, I keep 40%, yep. the company keeps the other 60, mm -hmm. okay? Not a bad gig for the company. So we talked about loans. Um, the other thing we should talk about with loans is companies, let me phrase that. 
it has no impact on your credit, okay? What do I mean by that? It's not gonna show up on my credit report. However, the one thing that is really, really important to know and understand is that if you leave the company, that loan is due, usually, okay? Now, there may be provisions that allow it to not be due and that I can roll the loan over or whatever the case may be, but the loan is due and this is the risk people run. They take a $50,000 loan, why? Because they're hurting for money. Yeah. If they leave after two years, and let's just make the math simple, they leave after two years and they have $30,000 left on their loan, that loan payment is due. And if it is not paid, then they have a tax and a penalty on that $30,000 yep. as under, if they took it out. Yeah, if you're under the age requirement of right. 59 and a half right. or 55 for a 401k. Right, 50, 55 if it's if, your company that you're departing. Yes. Right. Yeah. But the whole idea is that if you've got a loan, you need to, before you take the loan, be prepared to know the what ifs if you leave that company and don't pay your loan off, okay? So in other words, sometimes it's a function of setting aside and knowing that you have accessibility to money in the event that happens. Or if you know that you're gonna be leaving, you better darn well start looking at that summary plan description to find out, does my company allow me to take and roll that, let's say it's Fidelity for instance, okay? And it's, again, using that as an example because yeah. Fidelity is one of the larger Vanguard, doesn't matter, mm -hmm. okay? Principal, there's, there's all kinds of 401k companies out there. But what happens is that if my 401k is with Fidelity, they may allow me to continue my loan payments, but you can bet that they're keeping my 401k. Yeah. Okay, because of the fact they're holding it. Yeah. Because what is the 401k? It's the collateral, mm -hmm. right? So sometimes they allow that. Again, good to know before you make any moves, because we've had this happen plenty of times. Somebody's thinking about leaving. We see that they have a loan on the books. We say, you need to get your hands on your summary plan description. Obviously, they're not gonna pick up the phone. Hey, boss, I'm thinking of leaving. <laughs> okay, do I have this problem? No, you, know, you gotta sneak yeah. behind the scenes and say, hey, look, I need to see the summary plan description to understand what the rules are if I leave. Yeah. And if it's going to be a taxable event immediately, there are cool strategies that one can employ, and I've done it before. We've actually paid off the loan by borrowing it from one place. They go to their new company, they roll their 401k into the new company, take a loan out of the new 401k, and paid off that loan. Yeah. All right. That's tricky, mm -hmm. but doable. What, so, just out of curiosity, what happens if an employee becomes terminated? Is it the same rules as if yep. they were to leave? Yep. Okay. Yep. Termination is the term. Yep. Termination can be voluntary or involuntary. Yep. So, so no anyway, what. that's all we got on employee benefits. Um, it's all we got on 401ks. Um, so anyway, thank you very much for joining us and. Hopefully you learned something today. Hopefully you can apply it to your life. And thank you again for joining us. And we will see you on the next episode. And have a wonderful day and a wonderful week.